Welcome to Markets Now. I'm Michelle Rourke with Mike Miner, Professional Ag Marketing. We're seeing green on the board with the exception of the soybeans this morning. And Mike, uh, let's start off talking about soybeans. We managed to close higher yesterday after a little bearishness in uh, the USDA report numbers. But this morning we're back lower. So I guess is that some of the Argentinian rains that we're seeing forecasted or what's pressuring the market this morning? A little bit more follow through. I think uh, the the funds right now are trying to decide between the difference between the CONAB numbers and the USDA and determining what to trade. And it, it seems like, you know, after the CONAB numbers came out and the export report, we were up 15 cents or so on soybeans. And and then the right. USDA, uh, I feel like they traded those numbers by the end of the day. And uh, that would be that would be common. I think that's normally how the funds would treat that report. And I think we're back to trading those numbers a little bit more than the uh, a little bit friendlier CONAB numbers, I think, Michelle. you got to be disappointed, though, that soybean exports were lowered by 35 million bushels. I mean, that's where the higher ending stocks came from. But are you fearful that that number could keep going down, that export number? Definitely. You know, uh, them raising or uh, them decreasing uh, exports in the in yesterday's report and raising ending stocks, I think was maybe just more of the beginning. We continue to to raise ending stocks on soybeans and we're at an okay level yet. But uh, I think with where the pace is, especially compared to last year uh, for exports out of the United States for soybeans, we could see ending stocks grow more towards a, a 400 million bushel uh, Mark, especially if the USDA doesn't help us out on the crush side, because exports right now, we're at a pretty big disadvantage compared to the Brazil numbers of a buck or a buck and a half uh, more expensive than than them in the South, Michelle. Yeah, absolutely. Why do you think USDA didn't go up on crush? I mean, there's certainly a lot of evidence that would have pointed otherwise. They're just slow playing it, which I, I don't think uh, is uncommon for them. But uh, I think they want to see a little bit more action out of out of that crush market uh, to just hit their numbers uh, year over year. It, uh, I'm a little surprised by it as well. I thought we would have seen uh, increase in crush out of yesterday's report with where we've been running, uh, but we just didn't get too many, too much good news across the board yesterday, really. No, we did not. And like you said, um, even if we have a cut in Brazil's production, um, if you really believe CONAB's numbers or the private estimates, Argentina is going to have a big crop and that's kind of weighing on this meal market, right? Yeah. I mean, if uh, Argentina's numbers live through uh, through these expectations, they're doubling their crop size after a really poor crop last year. So they're really competitive. Um, yeah, I'll continue to watch their crop conditions. I know their poor rating did get increased a little bit here this last week. There's some dryness in the north. So they'll we'll continue to watch Argentina, I think, uh, from a weather perspective going forward now and uh, watch that meal market as, as that's probably pressured the the meal pretty hard here recently too. But it's been, I mean, we've taken two and a half bucks off the soybeans in, in about two and a half months on those front month futures. And I think meals just kind of went right along with that too, Michelle. Yeah, I would agree with you. So from a technical standpoint on soybeans, a lot of talk this week that we held that 1179, 11.80 area on the march, but you know, how susceptible do you think we are to taking that out? I mean, I'm still looking at that old low back at uh, at the end of May, which would be put around that uh, just under eleven and a half dollars. So that would give us another forty, fifty cents to go from from this morning's markets, and I, that's a number I'm probably looking at more towards a contract low at this point, especially if we don't get any good news here in a hurry, Michelle. Yeah. 
Corn market, uh, let's talk about that one because we continue to grind into new contract lows. This morning we're up a little bit, but Mike, would we be if wheat wasn't rallying? It The corn market's in a really tough place. Uh, we need something to try to get these funds to cover their shorts. And uh, really, there's been no good news. I mean, wheat has had a, a few good news stories here and, and probably could be a, a savior at some point if Russia ever decided to not have a fantastic crop, which, I mean, they've had like 12 plus years of fantastic crops. So uh, when I'm looking at the corn market right now, it's hard to find anything incredibly friendly. But looking forward, we are headed into a time of the year where um, we could get into a little bit of dryness or something, a spring rally, and we've got a, a very, very large amount of uh, short positions on in, in the spec positions. So when I look at them short covering, you know, maybe towards the end of February, if we got some good news, they could cover some of those shorts and maybe not roll out to the next month, something along those lines, or at the end of April, if they do get rolled out to the May, maybe they'll be uh, uh, forced to just liquidate a few and not roll out. So a few short covering events could lead you to that 20 cent rally or something. But uh, I know one thing, if, uh, if we do see a 20 cent rally out of this corn market, imagine what basis is going to do for a lot of these areas. It's, it's uh, going to be a pretty negative impact. And farmer selling, we should talk about that because any rally you get, you're going to get farmer selling and there's a lot of bushels out there yet to sell, isn't there? There is a lot of uh, bushels out there to sell. And the, the tough part is basis is kind of plateaued here. We found enough bushels with some nice weather here and there. And now load lim limits are going to come on in a lot of areas here soon through February and March. So uh, there's been bushels moving. Some more free DP kind of shook things up as well. So there's a lot on free DP yet sitting at elevators. And uh, at some point, I mean, if we do get a, a rally at all, really, I think a lot of corn's going to start to get priced here as we're starting to pay a lot of checks with uh, rents and a few things going into the start of this next uh, marketing year. So yeah, that's what I'm looking at. We have a lot of uh, a lot of farmer long left that could be a, a pretty hard uh, pressure on this market as well for any rally. Yeah, storage costs are going to be much higher here than they have been yes. in the past. That's for sure. Cattle market, new highs for the move in the live cattle futures. Right now, we're seeing the feeders, at least the front end of the board is still to the plus side. But, you know, that market um, has, we know that the fundamentals have been so supportive of this market here. And, you know, do you see us maybe retracing all of the way back up to the highs that we had last year? That seems like a tough, uh, a tough sell. I mean, it, it's um, running about 61% retracement for a lot of those months through the live cattle complex. And so we've uh, been able to put together a really nice recovery. Um, however, it seems like a, a very tall asking order to take out those old highs that we put in in September. And I, I know a lot of people are already surprised we fought all the way back up here. I think there could be some selling pressure right around uh, April, getting around 190-ish. Uh, there's a lot of uh, break-evens with cattle getting placed around that area. So I think there could be some uh, farmer selling through there, uh, especially with uh, you know, where cattle were placed and the retracement, how far we've fought back. But things are up and up for this cattle market. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed in cash, but we can get to that here in a bit. Yeah, Michelle. let's talk a little bit about that. We haven't seen much cash this week. And, you know, the early stuff that we saw is a little higher, but it's well under the board right now, right? Yeah. So if I was trading around 179 with a very small load count, 
uh, on Thursday there. You know, if you've got something without a lot of mud on it this week, it sounds like you could get into the 180s. Yet, I mean, if you're trading 183 to 184 on the February contract, I mean, that's still a three or four dollar negative basis. And compared to normal at a buck and a half to two dollars negative, it is still a little disappointing, Michelle, with where uh, basis is sitting at with where the board is. So at this point, it, yeah, we can't let the futures get too much ahead of us here with where this cash market has been tracking. But uh, we do have some slow sellers. And I think uh, as long as the Packers stay pretty aggressive here. I think we should be able to continue to run some of that cash market up at least, but it's been a, a little bit of an uphill battle here. Yeah, no doubt. Hog market, we've had a pretty good correction from the highs, Mike. So where do we go from here? Yeah. So seasonally, it's pretty flat from here on out. Um, we had a lot of fun buying here over the past, it'd be like a week and a half ago now, uh, that really led to a nice rally. So fund activity really helped out. Uh, we had thoughts of, you know, overkilling supplies. We had uh, strong product values there for a, uh, for a while. And then we had improving cash. So we had a lot of things moving in the right direction for us. And now, now this week, we've seen a little bit of a slowdown in product. You know, yesterday afternoon, we did have a nice bump back up on that. But uh, when it comes to the product values, exports have been off to a really great start for the start of this year. And that's helped make up for some of that lost demand domestically. Um, I think from here on, looking forward, I think we've had a, a little bit of a retracement after that fund uh, ramp up, and we've seen product dip back a little bit. And now we're really looking at product values for direction moving forward, especially as we've fallen back towards this 20-day moving average, kind of a key support level if we can build off of it, or uh, it could be pretty negative if we continue to run down here, Michelle. So, Mike, do you think the reason that the cutout values um, pulled back here early this week is just the fact that we've gotten these kills back up to normal levels or even a little bit above that? Or is this a function of maybe slower demand? I haven't seen much from slower demand. I mean, if okay. if you really wanted to talk about it, I guess you could talk about something like the California market. After a Prop 12 had been implemented, you have seen uh, beef sales uh, spike up in that market here recently, which makes sense. So, you know, you've seen choice and select really narrow up here recently on the cattle complex. And, and that could be a lot from just what that select values have done. I, I think looking forward, I mean, the exports have been great on hogs, which has helped. But uh, when product values are bouncing around pretty high levels relative to history, I mean, anywhere in this 80s type range should be uh, pretty directionless for for uh, where we're looking at right now. Yeah. And China was in the last two weeks buying. Did that surprise you at all or? A little bit. You know, they've been kind of out of the market. They've had some pretty yeah. cheap uh, domestic values. Uh, it's been a little bit of a shock, but uh, we'll see if it continues. It Seeing a little here or there is one thing, but seeing a consistent buyer is kind of the goal, right? You bet. All right. Thanks for joining us, McMiner, with Professional Ag Marketing. That is Markets Now.